You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. St. Louis Acura has the best inventory in the Midwest, like the all-new 2022 Acura MDX. It earned the highest safety award from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Get 1.9% financing for up to 60 months and $1,000 in loyalty conquest offers. Or get 0% financing on the redesigned 2021 TLX for up to 36 months and $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers. St. Louis Acura, becoming better than ever for you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. And it's another week of Weekend Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. We are driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, how are you? Hi, Joseph. I'm well. How are you? I'm good. It looks like you need a haircut. I do need a haircut. I I'm was noticing that, yeah. I'm a, li- I'm a little disheveled. It look, I could see it coming out the sides, and you're usually not. I mean, unless you were just wearing a hat or something, I feel like you're a, you're a couple days. Yeah, I feel like you're two weeks two weeks uh, past your normal haircuts. No, no, I'm right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't sleep real well last night. We're watching my brother's dog, and it hasn't gone well with the other dogs. Ah, Waldo being a little asshole. A big a big asshole. Yeah, that's that, that checks out for Waldo. So it makes uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sitting here giving you haircut tips when I'm sitting here looking the way I'm looking. So I, I feel like you, that's... I'm I'm used to it now. Yeah, it, it's you should be. I so I was up. I just got back yesterday, Wednesday from Chicago. I was up there. Uh, went up on Sunday and went to the games, the Cardinals White Sox games, Monday and Tuesday at the uh, at the game. And on Tuesday, I went with my cousin's husband. Um, went. Uh, he's a big Sox fan, and I've known him now for. I mean, my God, over 10 years since he and my cousin have been married and he, he shows up and, you know, we, we meet up and he's like, Hey, um, I've been told to get you drunk and cut off your ponytail. <laughs> I said, who, uh, who told you this? And he said, few people from my side of the family. <laughs> so I have, I have my own family against me on this. I have, I have cousins that are against me on the, uh, on the current length of my hair and it's, uh, you know what, I felt a little betrayed. So it's nice, though, to come right back with that and say, hey, you know what, uh, I'm going to cut it off in 2022 for charity. That shuts them up right away, Andy. Shuts yep. them up right away. I'm going to give my kids, to, I'm going to give my hair to kids who need it. Yes, exactly. So I, I had that going for me. But a nice trip up there, Andy. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the two winners of the food polls. I did. Weekend. Yeah. So they have helmet nachos up at uh, up at Comiskey. Didn't know that until I got to the game on Monday. And how were the helmet nachos? The, you know what? The the nachos on the bottom of the helmet still just as crisp as the ones on the top. Really? Yes. How is that even possible? I, I whatever brand, whoever, whatever food service is used there on the south side of Chicago, they did uh, they did one hell of a job 
with uh, with their chip uh, distrib- distributor, I guess. Joe, do you remember like about pre two thousand when it, you would order nachos at a sporting event and you'd get like a like a, one of those food boats mm-hmm. full just full of like round chips and just covered in just cheap cheese sauce. Yeah. And they were amazing. And you just can't get basic nachos anymore. Basic ballpark nachos. Oh, you still can. Yeah, you still you can still get the regular chips and cheese at Bush. No, the, still, the thing that's still, and I hope they're, they're way too I, fancy. They're still what, way too fancy. What I hope they bring back with uh, with all the fans coming back, uh, Flag Day is when all the fans come back. What I hope they bring back are the dispensers, the condiment dispensers. They're yes. sitting there, you, you push down, and you just load it up. You want mayonnaise on your hot dog, you could put a pound of mayonnaise on your hot dog, and nobody's going to say a word to you about it because it's you are the one pressing down the dispenser. They got the country bobs sitting there that's uh, that's made their way into the ballpark, which I, Ghetto Sauce needs that contract within the next 10 years. They, they need to figure out a way to replace country bobs as the official oh, purpose sauce of Bush Stadium. Uh, but they, they got what they have is the barbecue sauce. And so you get your chips and cheese yeah. and you go over to the barbecue sauce dispenser and you put a few uh, squirts down on that. And, and then Joe, you have yourself some barbecue nachos. If I see you putting mayonnaise on your hot dog, I'm going to walk over to you, put fingers in your chest. I, you like, know what? I just wanted to hell? use an example. I wanted to go, oh. I wanted to use the most extreme example I can think of. Pretty, pretty extreme. That. Yeah. So that's, that's where I wanted to go with uh, that. But I went with the Buffalo chicken uh, fries loaded for any we had a tie. We had a tie in the poll, Andy. Oh, yeah! First time ever for the uh, for a tie in the poll. So I I chose. That's how I break the tie. When it's uh, <laughs> it's it's going down my throat. I get to choose what what goes into my mouth. Joe, I'm a, I'm a blue cheese advocate. I like blue cheese a lot. The proportion of blue cheese on top of those uh, buffalo chicken fries. There's a lot of blue cheese on there. There was, and you know what? It, it trickled its way down all the way. It's a trickle-down effect, Andy. Uh, trickle-down economics when it comes to fries. It, it made its way all the way down to the fries on the bottom of the... <laughs> trickle-down economics. <laughs> it, made it, <laughs> <laughs> it made its way all the way down to the bottom fries, so the bottom fries had just as much toppings as the ones on top. Well, that was a great plan for our economy, wasn't it? <laughs> so Unbe- Unbelievable. <laughs> So yeah, so did that, did the helmet notches, I, I have uh, the helmet, I, I washed it, sitting in my kitchen right now. And so how many, I, uh, how many pounds did you gain? I came back, you know what, um, when I weigh in tomorrow, I weigh in every Friday um, on the, so I have, I have two scales. I, I have, I, I have my normal everyday, whatever bathroom scale. And then I have a fit track scale that I got for, uh, that I got for Christmas that, that tracks, we've talked about this, it tracks yeah. like 14 different things <clears throat> all the way down. Um, so I stepped on the one scale this morning. It was good. When I step on the other scale tomorrow morning, knowing, uh, knowing my body, I will be, uh, I, I will be all set. I will be back down to what I was last week. So no pounds gained, uh, this week. So I, good I for you. yeah, but I, I went, I ran a bunch when I was down there, mm-hmm. I was staying by the river, uh, the riverfront down, in uh, van. what in a van, in a van. No, 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 no. In a, in a hotel, in a, oh, okay. uh, in a, in a hotel room. And went and ran, uh, ran the river, uh, and then went out into the lakefront and went and ran the, uh, went and ran the lakefront both days. So it was a, a nice little jog. And I believe the route that I ran on the lakefront is the exact route that I will be running come the, um, the Chicago triathlon at the end of August. That's fantastic. So you got a little yeah, practice, so, 
a little practice and now you know what you expect and you know so, what you know what's nice is seeing that and seeing like going back because i i thought that's where it was and then i went back today and i looked at the actual route and, and really i mean i'm looking at the route for 2019 they haven't put it out yet for for this but if it is the one they used in 2019 it's flat as can be it is it is just nice and flat and uh will be will be real nice after you know uh I guess an hour long swim and two hours on the bike. It'll be a nice, nice 45 minute run or so. Yeah. How were, uh, were things open in Chicago? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I went and ate at, uh, at Ocheval on Monday, the, uh, the burger place down there in the West loop. And they, uh, they requested that all the people in the restaurant keep their mask on as they were going to their seats. <clears throat> you sit down, they said, hey, when, when the waiter comes up, have your mask on, you, you kept it on. And once I started eating or drinking, whatever, took it off, nobody said a word to me, put it back on. So it was, uh, you know, going into the ballpark, nobody said anything there. They, they still had all the stuff up saying to keep it on, but nobody was policing it. And they're not going to go through and ask each and every person if, they, if they're vaxxed or not. But still, I, walking into establishments, I like walked into a 7-Eleven a few days, uh, a few times, and everybody in there wearing masks. I, I'd put mine on when when I went in there, too. So I uh, it was, you know, I would say they were, people were wearing masks a lot more than you see down here. Right. So. I think COVID was, COVID was way different in Chicago than it was here. Way, way yeah, but bigger yeah. city. I mean, so many people just on top of each other and and everything. But I, I still I, I still get the sense that, you know, everything people aren't back to work yet. People aren't people aren't you know, the streets aren't bustling, if you will. Uh, yeah, I was I was about a block or so away from Michigan Avenue. And I feel like Michigan Avenue and it's still too. I mean, you're also right. are still at the part where schools are still in. Mm -hmm. So. I saw a lot of buses, a lot of school trips, because I think you're in the final week or so of the uh, of the school year. Hell, I, I tell you this, the end of the school year, and I know that, Andy, this is something you don't have to deal with anymore or worry about anymore is the, the school year. Right. <laughs> but it snuck up on me. <laughs> oh, get it. Yes. You're out of school this week, huh? Oh, cool. About two weeks ago, she goes, "Hey, you know Hudson's last day is the twenty fourth and I go, "Already? Like, the kid, the kid just started in my kitchen, you know, right. <laughs> like a month Pretty ago." Much. <laughs> and she's like, "Nope, uh, he's he's been there since August." I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I think did we talk about it last week? All the camps and everything I put them in. Yes. Yeah, they, and and now one of them got canceled. Uh, mm -hmm. they, I guess the enrollment wasn't that big. So there was a soccer camp going on the same week. I go, cool. You're going, I, I don't want him. Like, I don't want to be soccer dad. I, I never played soccer. Therefore I never really thought to put him in soccer or anything like that. But you know what, to get out of my house for a week this summer, he's going to soccer camp. Joe, you would, you actually look like a soccer guy now with your long hair and your beard. Oh, I, I could pull that. Yeah. European yeah, you, soccer you, guy. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you just need to get a, a fly Emirates kit. If I had a scarf to put on right now, I, I would just wrap that around and and I would just walk around and I, I, you know a nice tracksuit too. I'd be oh, tracksuit guy. I would I would definitely go tracksuit on the on the sidelines of the pitch instead of like a full suit. It sounds like more mafia. I feel like soccer. mafia and well, I mean it, it's like the same thing, right? I mean it's it's still it's like true. the same group. It is. 
All right. So, but yeah, so I went up hey, there. I, so I only, well, I was, oh, was going to say, I only went to the game Monday and Tuesday of mm-hmm. this, uh, of this past week. So I missed all of the, uh, all of the fun shenanigans that happened in Wednesday's game with Giovanni Gallego, uh, Gallegos and his hat. And what, uh, what happened with that is they, as I was listening to it, driving down and listening to it as where I was, I was able to pick up both the White Sox broadcast and the Cardinals broadcast. And I was kind of going back and forth, listening to, uh, listening to both of those, uh, during the game, nobody had a clue what was going on. Twitter had no clue what was going on yeah. at the, uh, at the time. And it really just seemed like Joe West, uh, doing Joe West things and taking the hat away from Giovanni Gallegos to go have it inspected by major league baseball. And I don't, you know what, I, I have a feeling that whatever comes back, maybe he gets suspended just for having anything on, even if it's sunscreen, be. even if it is, they're just gonna, Hey, you know what? That's, that's not allowed. Whatever. I really think this is this could cause a snowball effect. If there is any punishment at all for Giovanni Gallegos, I think Mike Schilt, you already saw it. Did you see a nine, 10 minute rant on yeah. the uh, on the topic yesterday as he just went off on it? And I don't think he said anything during that time that's finable. But I definitely think he should open some ears to I, it. I, I would I would think so too. Uh, somebody somebody was talking this morning about you know Joe West said that that it has to start somewhere. And I guess they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're trying to, to keep the, the junk off the ball. That's the, the thing is though, they need more junk on the ball. I, they, if you look at the hit by pitches this year in baseball and how just out of control they are. And Edmundo Sosa, I think leads all of baseball right now and being hit by a pitch. Really? T- name me a game that Edmundo Sosa started before May 1st. Right, and he's already up there in the uh, in the leader with as one of the leaders of that. And you look, Henesis Cabrera hit another guy yesterday. He hit Bryce Harper in the face earlier this year. You saw yeah. the you saw the other. Uh, what was it? Um, what was it? Carlos Martinez hit a guy from the Reds in the face earlier yeah. this year. Hit by pitches are up at a huge rate this this year, and a lot of that has to do with. They have changed the substance. They've changed the mud, if you will, that they put on a baseball. And pitchers are not getting a grip on the ball like they used to. So that has already started well before now all of it. And I think most of it is pitchers know that they're going to strike out a lot of batters. Pitchers are, are up to speed on what batters are up there trying to do. Just swing out of their shoes, hit a ball. 110 miles off the bat and just figure out where it goes from there. I think what you get is a lot of pitchers who didn't have full seasons last year and were restricted on what they could do this past off season and spring training, even now throwing a different feeling baseball that a lot of them aren't, I don't want to say, I mean, they're all skilled. I mean, they're all major league pitchers, but if they're not used to throwing a certain ball, and they're already mm-hmm. just rearing back and throwing the ball harder than the ball has ever been thrown before. Right. There is a lot at risk. I mean, Andy, you, you, you know, you've been, uh, you and I have both been driving for 20 years plus, right? Yeah. We know how to drive a car. Right. You get in a car and go start trying to drive it 110 miles an hour. Are you going to have complete control over that car from no. when you are on the highway, usually driving at 80 miles an hour? Nope. Okay, so the littlest variable that comes into play is going to cause, it could cause a catastrophe. 
And that's what we're seeing with this baseball right now is they're throwing it harder than ever. And they're not, they, they're not 100% sure where it's going. Yeah, and that's, that's a bad part. Joe, do you, have, do you have any guests on the show this week to talk I do, about Andy. that kind of uh, stuff? No, so no guests to talk about that. It's been it's a weird week right now with uh, with, with scheduling guests, and we'll probably get a pitcher on next week. I was, I, I, we'll we'll figure it out for next week. I want I want to see how this plays out over the weekend right now and see exactly where uh, where things go with the hat, with the ball, with the hit by pitches. But we'll 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 get somebody on uh, hopefully next week, and we'll talk about next week's show in a bit too. But no, Luke Korak on the show this week. Uh, we will recap everything that was happening with uh, with the Blues this uh, this season, talk about the Blues offseason, kind of put a bow on their uh, on their 2021 campaign. And then Andy, you uh, you're talking with Jay Randolph Jr. I sure am. We're going to talk about Phil and we're going to talk about the, uh, the the new match that was just announced between uh, Tom Brady and Phil Nicholson and uh, Bryson DeChambeau and uh, Aaron Rodgers. And then also going to probably talk a little uh, Bryson and Brooks Kafka too. What? Okay, good. I'm glad I, I've done a little reading on this and I know you and Jay will dive into it a little more. What is the genesis of this feud between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. I really honestly don't know what the, what, what the genesis is, how it all started. Is it just they don't like each other? It could be. Bryson's just out there, right? And Brooks is kind of out there. They're both just kind of out there kind of guys. And, you know, obviously, in what he was, when, he, when he was talking in, in during that clip you saw or that went viral on, was it yesterday or Tuesday? <clears throat> and he was walking behind Brooks doing an interview and he's clank, 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 clank. You, the, there's, a, there's a distinctive sound that golf, that old golf spikes, old metal spikes wear when you wear them on hard concrete or pavement. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very distinct sound. And he, it just looked like Brooks was annoyed that Bryson was wearing old school spikes. Tiger right. still wears old school spikes. A lot of pros do. Most of them were soft spikes, like like all the rest of the schmoes. But uh, yeah, but the actual how it all started, I, I'm not sure. Maybe Jay will uh, be able to shed some light into that. But it's more. I mean, these guys are just going public with it now. I mean, I mean, Kepka is just flat out tweeting shit about it. <laughs> how much he dislikes him. Brady, Tom Brady was getting in on it with all of his little memes. How much do you think Tom Brady makes? Do you think he's sitting there on his phone? typing away at these little memes that he's making or does Tom Brady pay somebody to come up with that kind of content? I don't know. I think Tom Brady's kind of funny. He might be, but is he that funny and that clever? Maybe. I don't does, know. Does he have that kind of time? Maybe not. I don't know. But I got to tell you, I was playing, Joe, do you still, do you still play Golf Clash? I don't. I I don't know when I stopped playing that. There is a, the only game that I have on my phone right now. Do you remember the game from when we were kids on our computer? I believe it was called Chips Challenge. Mm, no. Where you, if you looked it up, you might remember playing it on the computer where you had to get all the little chips around there and then get into the hole and, and whatever. But I found a version of that game on my phone called Romy's Gauntlet. Oh, okay. And I, I, from time to time, if I'm really bored on my phone, I, I play that, uh, but not as, not as much as I, I sh- probably should. 
So the point, the reason I ask is because yeah. it, it, I, I played a guy named Tom Brady and had a picture of himself. Now, I'm sure it probably could have been some super fan who is, but I'm wondering maybe if it was actually, if I played a round against Tom Brady. Was he good? Like, how good are you at that game? I'm all right at it. Joe, I'm really bad at, I'm really bad at the, uh, on the, the tiebreaker closest to the pins. Mm, yeah. I'm terrible at those. The God, you're gonna make me have download that game again and uh, start uh, start playing that. I, I just I, I feel that, but I God, I, that game would always <clears throat> if you were on a nice little run of winning like ten in a row, that game had a nice way of humbling you. They they cool. had they had a nice code put in there to just humble your ass. Yeah, pretty much. It uh, it can be rather can be rather infuriating. I bet. <clears throat> so we we were talking about the Joe West and the hat thing. That, that came out that's that's the I mean that there have been two hat related stories in baseball this week that have uh that have come out and are equally stupid as really as really stupid. Giovanni Gallegos has had but New Era came out with a localized hat putting all of the what they deemed the team's area codes on a uh, on hats telling them like hey this is your fan base hey Joe yes for, for post-production this is where you should drop in some Luda. I got hose in area codes. That's way too much post-production. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. That's way too much post-production. You think we do <laughs> post-production at this show? Andy, not only are we not going to do post-production to add in music, I'm not even going to edit out that request right there. I'm just <laughs> going to keep that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> that is how little post-production we are going to get done here. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that I clip off three, two, one before I start recording, Andy, is is just a. It's amazing that I remember to do that for every interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you want me to put in music, <laughs> right? So they came out with these hats, and the Cardinals hat just says three one four on it, not six three six, which is St. Louis County. Not 618, which you could hit a baseball to the 618 from Bush Stadium. That's correct. <laughs> it would have to roll on the Poplar Bridge for a little bit, yep. but it could still be done. It could be done. <laughs> and not, I mean, the Super League lasted longer than these hats did in production. Right. <laughs> well, Joe, did you see the Royals hat? Didn't have like any Missouri area code. It didn't have the eight one six in it. It didn't you know have what? Kansas City, Missouri's area code in it. No, all it had was Kansas area codes on it. The Cubs area code. The Cubs had the six one eight area code on their hat. Right. Which I, I mean, the only people that are Cubs fans down here in the six one eight are those that were recruited by Edwardsville to come play at the high school, and uh, you know, and, and even then, most of them don't change their cell phone numbers. Yeah, possible. I tried to come up with that joke last night on Twitter, and I couldn't figure out how to write it in two hundred and eighty characters. <laughs> Good. I sat for a while and I had a few things typed out and I could not figure out how to come up with that joke and hit send. I tried. I really, I really tried. I knew the joke was there. I just didn't know how to get it off the ground and fly it. It's probably good that you didn't. You think so? Yeah, you're you're gonna get sued for slander at some point. I don't think I am. I think people enjoy my Edwardsville jokes. 
I think at this point, and I think I've said enough that they're jokes where I can go get the Inskip law firm and I can be like, hey, Corey, find the find the tapes. And he would cleared like that. God. Like, clearly, this is satire, and he doesn't mean what he's saying. I mean what I'm saying. <laughs> find that clip, Corey. See? Find that clip. And post-production will take that clip out. <laughs> if you did post-production. Exactly. Exactly on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's... Well, know, we, first of all, Joe, yes. for people to be pissed off that their area code isn't on the hat, people need to get a life. The mistake they made was putting multiple area codes on the hat. Correct. I live in Illinois. I have lived in Illinois my entire life. I don't need to wear a hat that has a 314 area code on it. No. Never before have I had a 314 area code. That means nothing to me. Same with the 636. Now, if you made those hats and you had those hats at Bush Stadium and you had hats that had, hey, this row is all 618. This rolls all 636. This rolls all 314. Hey, we're even going to throw a few 217s and 309s on there for you. And hey, a couple 573s. And you throw all those out there. And then people are going, hey, 573. I just drove all the way up here for the weekend for this game. I want that hat. And there they would buy that hat. They would buy a Cardinal hat with the 573. Do they want all five of those area codes on there? No, absolutely not. Yeah. And then they had ravioli on the back of the hat, but they weren't toasted ravioli. They were just regular ravioli. I, I saw that too. Yeah. So that's another massive fail. That you, I, it, again, the whole thing for them to have come up with that idea to pass it through all the ranks, to come up with the designs for all 30 teams and then tweet it out, not mm-hmm. realizing the backlash. Like, I just don't know how it makes it through that many steps before you put it out online and then two hours later go, oh shit, this was a terrible idea. Terrible mistake. Right. <laughs> so I, would I, put, just, I would have put a gooey butter cake or like a square of pizza on the back of it. Do you have to make it like, and then when you're talking like the 573 area codes, I mean, do you need tractors on there? Ooh. Like in, when you go to like the 309 area code, do you need some stalks of corn, like a cornfield yes. on there? Like, yeah. you, like, I feel like, yes, then you have to personalize it for everything else. Also, like, the saxophone was on the Royals hat. Saxophone? There was a saxophone on the Royals hat. I would have put, put an image of Lord on that hat for Royals. If she's not from, I know what you're going with. She, she's not from Kansas City, is she? No, I think she's, like, from, she's like from some Caribbean island. Oh, really? No, I have no idea. I, I, you know what? Haven't heard a thing from her since she came out with Greenlight. So I right. have no idea what she's doing these days. She just came on like a, you know, she came roaring into the music scene and then came out with one song after that and was like, yeah, okay. Haven't heard shit from her since. What's the best Lord song, Royals or Team? I like Greenlight. Oh, I think Team is the best song. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of Greenlight. That was her, that okay. was her third. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Right. It, it was it was prevalent in one of the finales of uh, the TV show New Girl, their season six finale of New Girl. Okay, it really, just it was a really good scene with the build up and that song in it, and it just when the chorus hit, Andy, oh, it just hit real hard in that moment of the show, and it just it just felt right when it happened. Joe, are you uh, sad of any shows uh, ending? You know, it is that time of year where shows end. I don't, Andy, I don't know a single show that is on regular TV right now. Oh, really? 
I there is not one show on regular TV that that I record that I look forward to watching. Andy, I haven't watched rest, I haven't watched Monday Night Raw since WrestleMania. Oh wow. It is. I mean, it is May 27th right now as we sit here and record this. WrestleMania was what, April 10th? Mm-hmm. Early I, April. I, I have not watched Raw since then. Wow. They we they just to- fired, they just fired their play-by-play guy who debuted the night after WrestleMania. Oh, that's weird. It it just it didn't it was Adnan Verk, who uh used to be on ESPN, is now with MLB Network. Huge wrestling fan. They brought him in, they trained him, and he his voice did not it did not seem like a wrestling play-by-play voice and then on top of that you kind of got you kind of realized that so if if people that don't know Vince McMahon still is the head producer of Monday Night Raw I mean he is the head everything that happens on the screen is approved by him still to this day but he sits back in the gorilla position which is right behind the curtain directing producing the show and he has a microphone that speaks right into the ears of the announcers. And when you talk to announcers that have since left the company, they will tell you he is in your ear talking to you the entire show while you are trying to do play-by-play. Really? Yes. So that is like me. I mean, if I'm sitting here right now and I have my script out for Munganass, Andy, if I am reading this right now to you and you are in my ear telling me, ways to improve my read of doing this imagine trying to do this that'd be just extremely imagine, difficult just imagine here I'll, I'll start right now st louis acura has the best inventory in the midwest with over joe, more 500 inflection. vehicles more inflection joe in stock we sold a record 214 lower your in voice April. lower your voice and joe break that record in no, no, no. make May. it deeper make it deeper our customers have always been the number one priority. At More inflection and lower. Acura. That is why we are the nation's only 28-time Acura Precision hard. Team winner for customer satisfaction. See, like, imagine how hard that would be to do for three hours every single Monday. I fired you. I, I heard that at the end, but, I mean, the show still has to go on. And oh, okay. You can't just replace midway. So, oh, okay. on top of that, though, on SmackDown, Pat McAfee, has started doing color commentary there. And I guess through week one, you could see like whenever they showed him, you could see like McMahon was in his ear and you could tell McAfee was real uncomfortable with it. And then just was like, screw this. I'm still doing my own. Like if they fire me, I still have all these other jobs that I have, Right. you know, like I, I'm a big wrestling fan, but still. And after week one, they kind of were like, eh, okay, Pat can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> like, <laughs> What happened to uh, was it Michael? What was his name? Michael Cole is do is on SmackDown. Oh, okay. So it's Michael Cole and Pat McAfee on SmackDown now. It's some guy named Jimmy Smith, not Jimmy Smiths. I I I, I Marisai right. texted me and I, I asked if it was Jimmy Smiths, and he said no, 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 not him. Jimmy Smith, a uh, guy that I guess you did UFC MMA stuff. That he will start on Monday. So not uh, I guess I, I might tune back in for that just to see how that uh, how that goes. But Andy, uh, next week, uh, the show probably will be coming out earlier next week. Uh, next Thursday, I will be getting on an aeroplane for the first time since February of 2020. It's my aeroplane. Flying out to the uh, to the state of Colorado 
to uh, to Denver International Airport. So I we we need to we need a lot of Denver International Airport on uh, talks on the show next week because aren't there like hidden gems in that airport? And I believe so. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot to that airport, so that'd be my first time going there. And um, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have plenty of talk about that next week. We'll have next week's food poll on that Ooh. too. Yeah, and uh, also uh, so Monday is Memorial Day. And Andy, I know this is big in like the CrossFit community, but it's called the Murph. Are you uh, familiar with the Murph? No, I'm not familiar with the Murph. It's a workout. It's a CrossFit workout that I, I guess the CrossFitters do every year on Memorial Day. So I will be doing this. Uh, I'm not a CrossFitter, but I'm going to do it on Memorial Day on Monday. Andy, you run a mile and then a combination of 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then oh. you run another mile. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's my Monday workout that I'm going to be ambitious. I'm going to be doing. Yeah, it's like you get a group together and, and you do it. And it's uh, it's a fun little activity that you do. So that's uh, what we have coming up. So you got uh, Luke Korak and Jay Randolph Jr. coming on the show. Uh, maybe another surprise uh, working on that. But if you see it in the graphic, you'll know what it is. Ooh. That is all. Yeah, that's all coming up here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, which, by the way, they have they do have 500 vehicles in stock. And back in April, 214 cars were sold and they are looking to break that record in May. Customers come first at Munganass St. Louis Acura, 29 time Acura precision team winner for customer satisfaction. They still do the free pickup and delivery to your home or office. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. We will be back right after this here on ClavesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe now on ClavesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, also sponsored by the Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Sponsor of, uh, well, my many shows on many different platforms for about 10 years now. Collinsville Auto Body, they'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. That's 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Collinsville Auto Body. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com as we we put a bow on the St. Louis Blues uh, 2021 season. We welcome in from NHL.com. He is Lou Korak. Lou, what's going on? Are you, how, after everything that you went through this season with the delayed start and the, the protocols and everything in place, how, how does it feel for this season to be over and done with? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. There's really, there's really no rhyme or reason to anything because, you know, like you said, it started late. It's a 56 game season. We still haven't gone back to the, uh, conventional 82 game season where everything starts in September. You start playing in October and, you know, you're, you're playing the Stanley cup final into early to mid June. So, and guess what? The last time that happened, <laughs> the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. So nothing's been normal really since. But uh, yeah, another, I don't know, I guess it, it is a disappointing ending considering uh, it is what it is. You got swept this year and uh, a lot of things happened though. I mean, a lot of strange things once again. And uh, there's there's uh, some soul searching this team's going to have to 
not only do, but uh, really take a look at its personnel moving forward uh, if they want to get back. Uh, I don't want to say that they're out of the championship window, but there's some retooling that definitely needs to be done if you want to be considered to be in that again. Yeah, and last year going into the offseason, the, the big question was all around Alex Petrangelo. We knew that was number one on the agenda for the Blues, and that was going to mold – every other move that was made for the for the near future so what is that big question mark going into this offseason um well i don't think it's anything really specific i think with this group it's it's a lot of things i mean it starts you know up front i think you have some question marks there with some guys that are pending unrestricted free agents Jaden schwartz tyler bozak mike hoffman what do you do with those three do you, do you bring them back and incorporate them in as part of your uh, core group again? Do you bring one of them back, two of them back, uh, none of them back? I mean, that it, it all starts there. Uh, I think this team could really use uh, a goal-scoring left winger to complement Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. I think you saw during the year that uh, that was definitely a hole and different people that they tried to use there that never seemed to really mesh and bond i mean you had your you had your moments with uh, certain people that were put on that line and there's too many of them to get into to really go there so that really kind of tells you that uh, they really need that one mainstay there and i think this team in general needs to find its identity again um i, I can go by position by position here but it's just going to take too too long to do that you got a lot of things you can retool on the defensive side but I think since the bubble really started, this team lost its identity. And if there's a way they can find their way back to that, um, you know, that St. Louis blue style of hockey that we were all known and used to seeing, uh, it would certainly make things a lot better. Now injuries played a part in it. I mean, this team sustained so many injuries this year and you had people coming in and out of the lineup all the time, not just, you know, not just fringe guys or guys that, you know, may, you know, wet their feet in the water here and there. I mean, we're talking big time, you know, key components. So uh, it was a strange year as far as that's concerned, but uh, a lot of things really, I, I, you know, I know I'm kind of going around in different places here, but uh, there, there's a lot that needs to be looked at. And I think that was addressed uh, yesterday by uh, or on Wednesday by Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube both. And no, you know, you mentioned the identity of the team. We know how intense Craig Berube is, and we know how intense Ryan O'Reilly is as the team's captain. So those two are, are responsible for the identity. How do they, how do they give the team back that, that identity that you, you say they lost? Well, just lead by example. And uh, O'Reilly's the kind of guy, I don't care if it's a two to one loss or a six to one loss, he's going to shoulder the blame. And he, he always seems to do that. And, you know, as captain, I think there's a lot that he learned and there's a lot that he can continue to learn moving forward here. Um, he's not the kind of guy that's going to get in your face and stand up in front of the room. Maybe now, now I shouldn't say that because we haven't been in a locker room since March of 20, what 2020. So we yeah. don't necessarily see everything that's going on right now. Maybe hopefully, hopefully that's going to change here moving forward when we get into 2021, 22. Um, but he, he's not necessarily the guy that's going to get in your face or stand up in front of the room and, 
just start screaming expletives and uh, give the uh, proverbial Newt Rockney speech or whatever. Uh, he's a guy that just leads by example. And that's, and that's who he is and that's what he's all about. Um, the guy he replaced, Alex Petrangelo, he learned to be that guy. He learned to be that guy. Now, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy job because nobody ever wants to be that guy that's going to get up and necessarily call the team out or call himself out or call out somebody individually. But Alex Petrangelo learned to be that. Maybe Ryan O'Reilly needs to learn how to be that guy. But I don't think Craig Berube really needs to change a whole lot himself as far as his emotions and uh, his mental mind frame because he's a player's coach and he always seems to have that stern iron fist and, you know, clad with his team. But he's always going to back his players. So players have always appreciated that. I think if there's anything that he maybe needs to change, it's the evolution of the way the game is being played. Maybe it's okay to, you know, get away, not 100%, but – kind of blend in that style of, uh, you know, rush team using more speed. And I think that he did do that. It's just, I think he needs to adapt to what his players do best. Maybe if, if there's only one little bit of criticism you can have from him, that's what it is there. So he can just evolve a little bit as the, as the game transcends, that might help this team moving forward. We know the Kraken are uh, are coming here soon. So uh, with uh, with that being said, the expansion draft this summer, how uh, how important is that going to be with the uh, with the Blues figuring out who, uh, who who they leave unprotected? Yeah, that's that's the million dollar question right now because um, I think you'd get an understanding. You're gonna you know you're more than likely gonna protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goaltender. I think we all know who the one goaltender is. I think we have a pretty good idea of who the three defensemen are, Colton Pareko, Tori Krug, Justin Falk. Uh, now you get into your forwards. Now you have a pretty good idea at the top of who you're going to protect. Um, but then again, um, you've got unrestricted free agents there that, you know, right now, as of now, you don't have to because that's just it. They are UFAs uh, or they will be UFAs. Um, do you protect them uh, knowing that there's no guarantee that, you know, you're going to sign these guys to contracts? Uh, chances are, nah, I would say not. Uh, what do you do with uh, a Vladimir Tarasenko? Uh, I think David Perron has proven himself enough to be, we knew he was uh, left unprotected in the, in the Vegas draft and boom, they plucked him out of the water. So I think David Perron is the guy that's safe. He's deserved to be safe. And I've made this point where, I think he deserves an extension, to be honest with you, going into the last year of his contract next year. Uh, and he even joked about it the other day. Uh, well, maybe uh, uh, finishing his career as a blue, I asked him the question and uh, he's like, well, maybe that's going to require an eight year deal. So that would take him that would take him into 40, 41. And but you know what? Um, he's a hockey lifer. He's a hockey junkie. Um, I could see him playing into his late 30s, early 40s because he just continues to get better. So who do you leave unprotected? That's the that's a big question mark right now, and something I hope to you know to uh, sort through here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, to the Blues are going to lose somebody they're not going to want to lose. Bottom line, that that's probably the case with everybody going forward when you when you get into this situation. So we'll see. But uh, is it going to affect what Doug Armstrong and the management team is going to do moving forward? 
probably a little bit, but it's going to affect everybody. So somebody's going to lose somebody they don't want to lose, which means that's probably going to make the market maybe a little bit more volatile this year, even though there's a flat cap. Last question for you, Lou, is uh, you are, you know, you're very aware of where this team is with the cap and, and everything contractually with the uh, with the roster. Do you see a possibility of a big trade happening, a big free agent signing happening this offseason with the Blues? I do. And it wouldn't surprise me if Doug Armstrong doesn't see anything there or doesn't see a fit from a free agent perspective. I could definitely see this team, and he's mentioned these words in the past where he talks about making an apples for apples kind of a trade, which means you're probably going to part with somebody that I don't want to say that you're necessarily willing to part with, but you are comfortable to part with, which means maybe you're going to take somebody that's an impactful player off of this roster in order to bring somebody else in that's going to give you maybe a better fit is what I'm trying to say. Uh, maybe you're going to, you're in that window of trying to win right now. I don't think this team wants to look to see where they're gonna be five years from now. So maybe you have some pieces in your cupboard that are good young players that maybe you don't wanna part with, but are gonna have to part with in order to bring something in here that's gonna make you a better team to win now. And I don't want to throw any names out there, but I think we kind of know, you know, some of those players that we're, that we're talking about that are, that are young guys that are in the system now that are on the cusp of becoming impactful players. And there are some guys in the, in the system that there are teams that are high on here. So the Blues do have that going for them. So if they don't go in the free agent route, and let me throw this one name out at you, Joe, that uh, I think that they would be crazy to let him get to market. I don't think it's going to happen, but if, but if he does happen to get to July free agency, if I'm Doug Armstrong, the moment free agency starts, I am on the phone and, and I am making my strongest pitch for Gabriel Landeskog. Now you talk about a Craig Berube kind of a player. What I, and I've watched him in the past, but what I just saw in this four game series, that guy would epitomize everything that a St. Louis blues player and a Craig Berube type of player is. I would be on his doorstep the moment free agency started. I don't think that Colorado is going to let him get away, but if they're crazy enough to, that's the guy I would target. You uh, you already five of the series, the first round series are already done. Lou, um, who's your favorites in the, uh, to win the cup this year. Now that, uh, now that we are slowly moving into the second round. Ooh, oh boy. There's some teams that are playing really well right now. Uh, it's easy for me to say Colorado because of what they just did to the blues man, it's hard for me to get away from them right now. They seem to have that it factor, if you know what I mean. They seem to have it right now. And I say that with a caveat because they played a Blues team that was battered, bruised, and beat up. One that maybe just really is not on their caliber right now. Uh, I would like to see this series played over again with both teams having full decks of cards out there. Um, but you know what? Um, as much as I'd like to pick Colorado, I think I'm going to still stick with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Until you knock off the champs, uh, they are at the top of the pedestal. I they just beat a good, good Florida Panthers team. Really good Panthers team that had a lot going for itself. And I wouldn't, if there's a wild card out there, I wouldn't discredit the Boston Bruins. Keep an eye out on them. But I'm sticking with the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. They have goaltending. They have big, bruising, punishing guys on their blue line. 
and they have a great mix of, uh, of forwards up front. Very reminiscent of what I saw, uh, probably with a little bit more talent scoring-wise, uh, but very reminiscent of what I saw from the St. Louis Blues two years ago. Lou, thank you so much for the time. We'll check back with you this summer once uh, free agency and everything gets underway and see if your predictions uh, are right. Or if they're very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lou. Chances are that's probably going to be the case. Thanks, Joe. Lou Korak from NHL.com joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, we're also sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. You can get a free consultation with Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm by calling today. 314-818-0344. That's 314-818-0344. You can partner with an estate planning attorney in St. Louis. One of the uh, one of the best as you can prepare for the future or get assistance after a loved one's passing by working with the help of a qualified estate planning attorney, Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. He's been providing reliable estate planning and administration services to the St. Louis area for years. And Corey understands that estate planning and administration process can be very difficult and emotional. He will take all the uh, understanding, compassionate approaches to make it as easy as possible for you his client. Find him online in skiplaw.com. That's I N S K I P law.com and see everything that uh, Corey has uh, handles in his professional career and uh, what he is, uh, what, what he has made his, uh, his life about, his legal career about, and helping you. It's honest, affordable legal service at the in skip law firm. Again, online at I N S K I P law in skip Take a break. When we come back, Andy Hanselman uh, sits down and chats with Jay Randolph Jr. Talk about Phil Mickelson. Talk about the new duel coming up uh, and the participants in that and much more right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on ClaybsOnline.com. Maybe you've been thinking about doing some home improvements. Well, the timing has never been better to do those projects. Let's drop your rate and get you the cash you need to make those improvements today. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. Welcome back into Weekend Joe right here on ClaybusOnline.com. I'm Andy Hanselman. Joined alongside for a little golf talk with the, uh, the great Jay Randolph Jr. Hello, Jennings. What's happening, Andy? How are you, my man? Doing fantastic. Uh, Jay, wanted to have you on to talk about a couple of real hot topics going on in the world of golf right now. Uh, one of them being Phil winning the PGA Championship at 50 years old. Um, it's, you know, it's my contention that 50-year-old Phil could be in better shape than 40-year-old Phil. And that was one of the things that, that led to his win. And also, it seemed like the, the golf course really just set up for him as well. What were your thoughts on seeing everything that happened? this past weekend at Kiowa Island? A, I thought it was an epic moment in the game. Um, for me, uh, I always considered 82 and Watson's chip in at Pebble, Jack in 86, and this is when I've been alive and what sure. else. Jack in 86, Tiger 97, um, Tiger 19 at, at Augusta, and this with Phil. Um, those are the five epics that, that – that I've seen in my lifetime so far. Um, a lot of things worked out. Uh, the What he did physically to get himself altered, um, the mental aspects, the crowd. 
his experience, his creativity, the, the opportunity to seize the moment um, was there. And, and, and it all played out in front of us and in, in front of the best players in the world, which he wasn't considered one of anymore. And I just thought it was fascinating. I think we, you know, we, we saw Tom Watson at, at 59 years old almost win a British Open. A little different because of Tom and the British and this and that and trying to tie Harry Varden. But, you know, I always had, I considered Phil um, when he got his fifth major, when he, when he won the Open Championship. That put him in my top ten all time. You'll get some arguments about some guys that played way, way back, and that that's fine. But you also have to consider, Andy, this is a guy that, and I'm serious when I say this, has been one of the three best players in the world for his age since he was seven. Oh, my God. And that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that won three AJGA player, Rolex Players of the Year, 15, 16, 17. Um, then he, U.S. Amateur, NCAA Championship, winning as an amateur. The 30-year span between first victory and last as it sits right now. And is doing as doing it as an amateur and as a senior, if you will, in the world of golf. And sure. everybody, keeps saying, everybody keeps saying 50. He's a lot closer to 51 than he is 50. He sure is. Yeah. Was it emotional for you to see it happen? I mean, you know, Phil is Phil. I almost tweeted Saturday when Phil got the five-shot lead, Phil being Phil. And and that could have meant a lot of things. He could have collapsed, and that would have been Phil being Phil. He could have done did what he'd done and, and, and gone ahead and done the things that were necessary and played the way and the shots and the different things and, and won the golf tournament, both being Phil being Phil. That's, that's who Phil is. Not maybe the most liked guy out there, but darn, you do have to respect him. Um, you know, a lot of people thought he's a little fakeish, this or that, and the Amy and the whole thing. And, you know, it's just the smile for the dough. And I saw him once in, in outside of Pittsburgh, 40 miles out of Pittsburgh, sign at the Nima Colon Woodlands Resort at a PGA Tour event for an hour and 30 minutes after his round. And he was middle of the pack. Um, you know, I, I first saw him when I was 15 years old. He was 14. I played in the AJGA Lake Tahoe Invitational, where they play that celebrity deal. Awesome place, awesome course. The air is different. Um, and, and I shot 75 and thought, I, I might be leading. I, I played damn good today. I mean, 15, 75, this joint. I walk up to the scoreboard and there's like a little pin next to somebody's name. And the pin says, Ty's course record, Phil Mickelson, 67. Well, I'll be damned. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll ruin your day pretty damn quick. Well, it, it just, <laughs> I, I have known for a long time how great a golfer and player of the game Phil Mickelson is. And you got to remember, it took him some time to win a major. I also know this date. August 25th, 1996, Phil Mickelson was winning for the fourth time in Akron, Ohio at the then World Series of Golf. Did you say, that's, 19, 
you say 1996? 1996. I know where you're going, I think. That same Sunday, out at Pumpkin Ridge in Oregon, Tiger Woods won his third straight U.S. amateur in dramatic fashion. I watched the replay of that Pumpkin Ridge match against uh, Skip Keeney again, wasn't it? Steve Scott. Steve Scott. When was Skip Keeney? Was that it? Trip Keeney was, Trip the, Keeney. was the first one, the first USAM at TPC Sawgrass. Right. That was like 94. That was 94, because then he won in 95 and 96. Yeah. And, and I, we should also mention he won three U.S. juniors prior to the AMs. Right. It's just silly stuff. That's super silly stuff. Yeah, but but Phil, up until that moment on the, the 25th of August, 1996, Phil was next and was proving it. And, and here comes this guy that all of a sudden, when you've been the only guy that can win golf tournaments and know how good you are since you were seven, and you can't beat this guy. Yeah. Still, it's been very often. No, not very often. Yeah, not very often at all. Uh, it was an it was an incredible weekend. I loved watching every every minute that I could, uh, and it was it was very very cool to to see him be able to pull it off against some of the big the other bigger names. You know, to see it was cool to see Kepka back up there, not at a hundred percent, and to see some of the other guys on that leaderboard. Yeah, I mean it 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 wasn't a gift. It wasn't like they all got up Sunday morning and said, you know what, this will be a great story for golf. Let's all tank right. and give the trophy to Phil. I mean, Brooks was trying to fight. He made too many mistakes. And I agree with you on that not 100%. I mean, even if you said 85%, and I think that some people in his camp would tell you it's less than that. He might not. But, you know, he, he wasn't right. Um, and, and Oosthuizen, if he could have, if you and I could have had a chance maybe to putt for him on Saturday, yeah, we'd have made more than he did, I think. Yeah, probably. So, you know, and I've heard some people say, well, well, nobody made a move at him. Well, what do you want Phil to do? I mean, you know, he, he did what he had to do. It was a crowning achievement. And I think it'll stand as one of the great major championships of all time. One last thing on the PGA Championship, the, the chip in at five from the sand. Dottie Pepper had just said that he was 155th in sand saves on the PGA Tour that season. And then Phil's being Phil, pulls that magic trick out of his hat and makes it. Yeah, I mean, th- those numbers don't mean jack. Nothing. They mean nothing. I, I mean, you know, it, it, that guy, that moment, Trust me, Dottie looked at it from behind and thought, you know what, this sucker might make this. And they all did, kind of, because yeah. of that kind of shot. Uh, you know, and, and he did. He came through at that moment. You know, there's, sometimes there are moments in major championships that are the ones you remember, and that will be the one along with the crowds yeah. on, on the 72nd hole. Yeah, how about – yeah, I, was, I, was gonna, I forgot about all that. I've never seen anything like that. Did the marshals lose control? Did somebody move a rope that shouldn't have moved a rope? Have you heard about exactly? That, I mean, that was like a massive failure of epic proportions. I think it was a, a, a number of things. I, I think, you know, they, they limited the galleries. You have to limit a Makiwa anyway because of the way the golf course is situated. Um, 
but I, I think they lost the theory that if you have 15,000 people all at, all at a golf course, all at one spot, and they're all kind of watching down to the wire, when you get down to two, they got to go somewhere. And, you know, I, I you know, nor, I've, I've been to a British Open and I've seen how they prepare with the roping and the Bobby guys and all that jazz. And right. they're ready. And, and they let the crowd come very close to the players and to the action right. on the 72nd hole at the British usually. But this, this, I think they didn't foresee. They weren't ready with crowd control. You know, in a sense, they were lucky that everything was good and it came off perfect. And it was like this dream scenario where, you know, here come, you know, I mean, I've never seen, I've never, Andy, I've never seen players have to get past either. that they had to. Yeah. I didn't see that. Because I was watching that with my, with my wife and I said, oh my God, how are they going to get those players through that crowd? Because it was, it was 30 people deep. It was unbelievable. Yep. There was a comment. I saw it was, it was a tweet or like a comment on a tweet. Somebody asked Phil, what how he how he reacted when the uh, when the when somebody grabbed him in the crowd? He goes, yeah, that guy got an elbow to the to the ribs. <laughs> He's probably hurting a little bit today. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you gotta at that point because they don't have the the control. You gotta kind of make your way and and uh, hope you got a hope you got a friend with you. Absolutely. Uh, I also wanted to discuss with you. They just announced the details of the next Capital One match happening up at Big Sky, Montana. These are made-for-TV events, kind of reminiscent of Shell's wonderful world of golf, if you will, which were incredible things to watch. Uh, I still, one of my favorites is, uh, is Sam Snead and Jack Nicholas at Pebble. That, nice. that, that shows up on my YouTube feed every once in a while. And I'll sit there and I'll watch the whole damn thing because it's just, it's just unbelievable. A, the sure. condition of the course was in back then, and, and, and B, just how those guys strike the ball. What are your thoughts on these made-for-TV things? Um, that involve, you know, other professional athletes. It's going to be Tom Brady and uh, Phil Mickelson against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. I think they're fine for the people that, that want them. I think they, in a sense, bring some people that might not necessarily watch golf because of Rodgers and Brady. Um, DeChambeau is, is certainly an epic name in our game. He, he, was, he, was, in, he was becoming number two in the game as a spark plug or a beam, uh, either way you go at it, ahead of Phil. But Phil is, is back to number two. In the last 30 years of golf, it's been, it's been Tiger, it, it's been Phil, and, you know, a lot of other guys. Rich but, Beam. I'm going to go with Rich Beam as number three. Well, I mean, you know, you've had the, <laughs> had, had the Speaks, the JTs, the Brooks. Yeah. Rory, I mean, you know, that's kind of what it's been. But I, you know, the made-for-TV is okay. It 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 does nothing for me. Yeah, you you don't watch them. No, I you know not if you got to pay or yeah. I just I think this is free on TNT. Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, I might watch a little of it. I it just doesn't move the needle for me. But it's it's good for the game, I guess, in a sense and. I hope good for charities because these guys don't need to know. No, it, it, I believe it's all for charity. Yeah. Uh, although Tom Brady did have a hell of a shot. Where they played that last year? They played a medalist. They were yeah. not a medalist. And Tom Brady had a hell of a shot, like on that tether 11th hole and hold it out for the fairway. 
with, with a little bit of jizz on it to, uh, to clean it up. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is to me. I, you know, it's it's not Shell's Wonderful World of Golf. <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's kind of made-for-TV elements. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it just, you know, uh, it, I, we, we, there's enough golf on TV. A lot of golf on TV. Yeah. Finally, uh, the video has since been taken down due to a, a copyright uh, claim from somebody, which is just stupid. But the, uh, the the viral clip that came out yesterday of of Brooks Kepa rolling his eyes as Bryson DeChambeau walks by, and I was Joe and I were just talking about it during the first segment, and I, I think it's hilarious. I think I think both those guys know that there's a pot out there that if who's ever the most popular player on tour gets a little bit of cash. I, I, <laughs> I I'd like to think it is partly that. But I, I think Brooks feels a lot like I did a, a year ago about DeChambeau. Because I think a lot of us don't necessarily understand him. Nope. Don't get it. Different way of approaching and playing and the whole thing than anything before. Um, some think the next way to play, some think bits and pieces are the next way to go, whatever. I decided to change my theory after he won the open. Um, well, I, should, that, I, should, legitimized, I feel like that legitimized everything. I, I shouldn't say theory. I, I should say opinion. Okay. Um, I accepted that it's okay. I don't understand it. And Instead, I appreciated the commitment to doing it and achieving what he had achieved. And it became a lot easier for me. Um, you know, I wasn't throwing things at TVs. <laughs> I, I mean, the way in which Brooks reacted was something I've never seen on the PGA Tour in an interview setting. You've seen a lot more of them than I have, but I had never seen it either. I mean, there... There have been fights on the Champions Tour, on the driving range, fist fights. I think it was George Archer and Tommy, one of the Hill brothers, Mike or Tom Hill. I mean, that was back in the 90s. Uh, I mean, like a, a, a fist fight, <laughs> <laughs> um, which people still talk about today. But the way he, A, the look, and then B, the lack of ability to, to, to form a sentence because he just had so much disdain for the individual. Yeah. It, it, you know, and, and I've seen both sides, you know, screw you, Brooks, who you to have this attitude and you, do, you tell them, Brooks, you know, this. I, I just think, and I'm not kidding you, it's a guy that, a lot of people don't understand, and when you don't understand somebody, sometimes you don't like them. You know, it's it's almost there's, there's always that guy on tour, uh, whether yeah. it be Sergio, whether it be Rory Sabatini, whether it be P. Reed, whether or I'm trying to go back even farther, early two thousands, uh, maybe VJ with 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 his accusations. Sure. sure. So I mean, it, the the element of the element of of disdain and the element of uh, uh, of 
not liking somebody who's always been there, but I've never seen it visualized like what Brooks did. Well, not by a player. Not by I mean, a player. You, I mean, you've had guys throw certain jabs over the years. Sure. At different guys or in different articles or whatever, but not where the player is. And and if DeChambeau said, got to get the right line, I mean, he's lucky Brooks didn't turn around and just push him. I mean, so I I think people, if DeChambeau said, as he walked by and heard Brooks's response to not putting well and said, got to get the right line, I mean, I'm... And, and and they don't like each other. I mean, it's just I thought it was I thought it was almost as fascinating as the tournament. I didn't hear I didn't hear Bryson say that in well, that video. You don't you, you you there's something said, but you it's not audible. But I think because maybe he was just too far away from the mic or said it under his breath, like I thought. I thought Brooks was pissed off because he was wearing regular spikes. <laughs> I mean, I think again, I, there's a lot of reasons for Brooks to be pissed off, and I was in a I was a pissed off golf fan, but I have accepted that, and I don't. I, I think the thing that's going to that he is he has shown already, and will be the knock against him when it's all said and done will be the lack of consistency or lack of success at certain venues, but he will, he will pop up every once in a while and, or or maybe two or three times a year and beat the snot out of everybody. Jay Randolph Jr. Everybody Jennings, where can people uh, hear you these days? Oh my goodness. You can hear me (laughs) on the big 550 KTRS every Sunday night with fairways and greens. You can see me on Claves online. We do our metropolitan report on the Metropolitan Golf Association. We do the lesson T with family golf center. We do uh, the UHY prep profile on a junior golfer each month in the summer. Uh, All right here. And then I do a podcast with the legendary Bob Bubka, one of the great drinkers of the uh, last hundred years uh, the, uh, in the grill room. The classic Jay Randolph Jr. right here with me on ClavesOnline.com on Weekend Joe. Jennings, have a great rest of your uh, day. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk soon. Come see me in Sullivan. We will do that. 45 minutes from 44 and 141. Only requirement when you play Sullivan, you must have fun. Hey, that's what it's all about, brother. Jennings, thank you, sir. Thank you, Andy. Take care. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. And their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. You'll always know the fees up front and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344. 
or find them online at inskiplaw.com. And we're back here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here at ClavesOnline.com. Need to talk some baseball, so it's uh, it's been too long since we caught up with my amigo Polo Asensio, the voice, Lavoz of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals Spanish broadcast. Polo, what's going on, my friend? Hey, Joe, believe it or not, I, I missed you as much as... Uh... I hated you last season because we talked every single day to do our, our podcast, you know, before the game and all that. Uh, I miss you, which is good. That's a good relationship when you don't like somebody for so long and then all of a sudden you miss them and then you hear their voice and you like them again. So that's how I feel about about this right now. And, hey, Munganas, man, uh, big shout-out to our friends from Munganas, and hopefully soon we can do something. But hey, baseball, baseball is back, full swing. Right now I'm here in a – in California, as you know, if the Cardinals are on the road, uh, we don't do the games. So I get I get the chance to come and say hi to my to my my family, my dogs, and friends. So I, I enjoy it very much. But always missing St. Louis. Uh, I mean, I, I I wish I could be there and we could do every single game. But for now, 81 home games on La Tremenda, 880, the MLB a bad app, and we're having a blast this season, as as you can see, as you can hear. I mean, Cardinals are in first place. You know, they've been up there uh, for the last, well, almost, what, three weeks now. Hopefully they stay at least first, second, first, second until everybody comes back. And then, you know, when uh, July, August comes, let's, let's, just, let's just run with it and get, get to the playoffs again. Polo, you guys, what, you bought somebody, you're buying somebody a wedding cake? What, what the hell's going on with, uh, with, with whatever, the proposal and Yachty uh, and all of that? I, I, I've seen your tweets, but as you know, my Spanish is not that great. Yes, and you know, and I was hoping, I was hoping that nobody heard me. Um, and, and, and that tweet that is, is making the runs right now, at the end of the call, I, does, I, I do mention well, at least the the guy who proposed doesn't speak Spanish, so he doesn't gonna he's not gonna know what happened. But of course, somebody grabbed it. They made a little a, a little video of it, and it was pretty cool, Jaws. You know, Benji Molina, my partner in the booth, and myself, we have a lot of fun calling games. We 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 do. I mean, because baseball can be a long game, and you need to make it interesting for everybody, including including yourselves. You need. We need to entertain ourselves so we can have the chance and the energy to entertain the fans. And no, I'm not. I'm not saying, oh, it's a drag. No, it's not. We love it. We do it with a lot of love, and it's just, it's just great. But that game against the Cubs, one-one, seventh inning, and I always make a big deal of the seventh inning. You know, the, the lucky seven. You know, the inning where where some people get their heart broken and some others celebrate. You know, the the, the inning where legends are born and, and the villains shine. So that's what that's kind of how I set up the seventh inning. And the seventh inning, you know, before the Cardinals start hitting, uh, come to bat, there's a, a young couple. The guy gets on his knees. He proposed to his girlfriend. He says, yes, Yadier Molina, the, the, the guy who he is in everything. Well, he gives a few extra seconds to this couple in the moment and for the crowd to cheer for them as he has done many, many times when former Cardinals come to town. Well, he he gives them their time. Benji Molina and I were trying to, uh, to, to, to tell people over the radio 
what we are looking at, you know, the, the whole getting on the knee, the ring, Gadiel Molina stepping off the box. And then at, at some point, you know, Polo being Polo, say, hey, Benji, si este muchacho, si Yadier pega home run, yo les compro el pastel. If Yadier hits a home run, I will buy them their cake. And what happens? Yadier Molina hits a home run. And one thing my mom always said, hey, la palabra es la palabra. You have your word, and no matter what happens, you need to come through when you when you say something, when you say you're going to do something. And, yes, the young couple is going to get a cake or at least a, a good donation for the cake or something. We'll figure it out. But the, the, the coolest part, Joe, uh, of, of the whole thing, not only the wedding, the home run, that we won that game against the Cubs, but uh, after the game, I had a chance to talk to, to Yadi, and I said, hey, Yadi, I'm in a pickle, man. I'm in a pickle. I'm, I'm in trouble. And he looks at me very, very serious, and he's like, what, what's going on, Polo? What, what happened? And he looked like he was expecting some really bad news, right? <laughs> and I told him what happened. I'm like, like, for real, like when you tell somebody, hey, dude, I, I, I messed up. I made a mistake. And he looked at me. He looked at me in a way, Joe, that I have never seen Yadi looked at me before. And then not only that, he got really close to me, as in you can whisper whatever problem you have so nobody else can hear it. And, and when he did that, I'm like, Yadi, I need to buy a cake. He's like, what do you mean? Well, I did this, this, and this. The guy starts laughing. He starts laughing at me. He taps me in, my back, in the back and says, don't worry about it. We'll get them their cake. So I was not saying it for him to buy the cake. I was just telling him what happened. And, and then, you know, he, he heard the call. Like we were at his house after the game, you know, just, just, you know, just mingling ourselves. Yes, we are all vaccinated so we can hang. And, uh, and uh, he was listening to the call. He was listening to the call. He was laughing. I cannot tell you how many times he heard the call. And every time he heard it, he laughed and laughed and laughed. And then at one point said, so you said you're buying the cake, but now I have to buy the cake. I'm like, no, you don't have to. I just mentioned it to you. He starts laughing again. And then he said, hey, maybe don't invite us to the wedding. So who knows, man? I mean, if there's a chance, there's a chance that you, this young couple will get their wedding cake delivered by Polo Asensio and Benji Molina, the two Spanish broadcasters, plus that other guy, Yadier Molina. Imagine that. I mean, if it, if it happens, it have, happens. If not, at least something we, we're going to do something with the cake and this young couple so if you know them uh, i've seen them on twitter i i, I kind of like got in touch a little bit with them but then i lost the uh, contact so if you know who they are and you've seen them everybody was talking about this moment please uh, let them know that that polo and yadi are looking for them to uh to buy them a, a wedding cake that is uh that that is good stuff. Now I know because I know Yadi has daughters and I know you have a daughter, but none of them are of age yeah. to uh be married yet. That I I, I think no. so. Well, my, my my daughter my daughter is twenty. <laughs> I always get it wrong with my daughter. The other day I said, "Look, Bianca, you're twenty five already." She's like, "Dad, I'm only twenty three. I'm like, "Oh damn, it's time <laughs> for you to move out." Okay, so I'm just I'm just saying you. I don't know if you and I mean it's not you know it's not like Yachty can't afford a uh, a wedding cake, but I don't think any of you guys are aware of how much the wedding cakes cost. What you need to do, Polo, is get yourself invited. Not only be like, hey, if I'm paying for this, I want to be part of the uh, tasting process of it too. That you want to go there and you want to taste the wedding cake and do that and say maybe you bring Yachty along with that. Like, could you imagine? 
if you're a bakery somewhere and the woman calls you up and says, hey, I'd like to come taste some wedding cakes. Oh, okay, you and your husband. Yes, and Polo Asensio and Yadier Molina. They're going to come and taste the yeah, cake too. I, I, hopefully they pick one with lemon or carrot because I love that. I love lemon and carrot. And just the other thing, Joe, there's a reason why I say this or I said that during the cake, during the bad. <laughs> time there's a party in my family, my niece's wedding, my, my mom's birthday, my anybody, I always say, hey, I'll buy the cake. So people know that I'll say, I'll buy the cake. Why? I mean, you've seen me. I'm a big boy. I like cake and I like good cake. There's nothing worse than when you go to a party and the cake is not good. Sometimes cake look really, really nice, but they are not good inside. What we need is a cake that looks nice and tastes even better. So hopefully we, we find somebody. Hey, and if you have a bakery in, in St. Louis, if you want to get involved with this, why not? Let's make it a big old party, man. I mean, this is what this is what Cardinal Nation is about. This is what La Familia Cardenales is about. We 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 love each other. We argue with each other about baseball, but at the end, we can all sit down and have some cake. There you go, Joe. Absolutely. So, Polo, one of the other reasons outside of cake talk that I wanted to get you on today <laughs> is I know, you know, we saw Wednesday's game, even though it was in Chicago and you weren't on the call. I know uh, that you and Giovanni Gallegos are, are very close and you guys talk yes. often, if if not daily. And there was some controversy with the Cardinals setup man yesterday afternoon with the ball game as he entered the game and Joe West took his hat. He, he said, that's, you know, what, that, you know, give me that hat. That's that hat's coming out of the game. Put on a new hat before you throw a pitch. And Mike Schilt gets ejected. Mike Schilt goes on a rant after the game. A lot of stuff happened there. So as we sit here now, as, as people are listening to this over 40 hours from that, uh, from that incident, what have you and Giovanni Gallegos discussed as in regards to what happened yesterday? Well, first of all, we, we made plans to go have breakfast next time the team is in town, because that's what we do. We go have breakfast to a couple of nice places in St. Louis. And then after breakfast, we go get coffee. It's just a thing that we, we've been doing, and every time we do it, something good happens to Giovanni Gallegos, and then again, he's been pitching great, so it's not, it's not a rare thing that he does good. About, about the whole, uh, we go from cake gate to hat gate. Uh, about the whole incident, I, I mentioned it. You don't need any of that, and he doesn't need any of, of whatever some people think he had on his hat, and, and he shows it. You know, he, he, he shut down the, the, the White Sox with the new hat, and nothing, nothing happened after that. The whole situation for him, and he told me, he was embarrassed by it because he is a clean player. He has never used or put anything on his fingers or his hat that he thinks is going to give him advantage. Basically, what the hat had and you can see hats all over the place. You can see helmets. You can see bats. Everybody uses something to get a good grip. Well, Gio, in this case, he doesn't or he didn't. What it is is dirt. What it is is sweat. What it is is sometimes. What it is is the bag they have the players use, that the pitchers use, to get a better grip of the ball or to, to have their hands be dry. And he was, seriously, he was very... uh embarrassed not because 
he got caught doing something wrong, but because now people think he got caught doing something wrong. And I'm going to tell you something. They took the hat. And chances are they're going to find there's something there because there was something there. There was dirt with, with sweat. With I mean, you guys, you have old hats, Joe. I have old hats. And our hats, after a few days or a few months or a couple of years, you know, we don't wear it every day. These guys wear a hat every single day, and they wear the same hat every single day, right? Unless you're on the road, you use the blue if you're the Cardinals. If you if it's a Sunday, you use the the blue with the with the one bat with the one bird and the red uh, the red visor. But this guy, he he felt bad because he was thinking that people are gonna think that he was cheating, and he told me like, hey Paisa, I don't need any of that. And that's what I told the umpires. I'm like, look, if you think there's something wrong in my hat, let's change it. And he, that's what he did. He changed the hat. And he told them, he told uh, Joe West and the umpire behind the plate, look, I don't need any of that, guys, and I'm going to prove it. And he did. And that is kind of like that, that's a little bit of the conversation that, that Giovanni Gallegos, the Cardinals, uh, a right-handed pitcher myself, had right before the game, right after the game. When the game ended, I sent him a message just you know, to let him know that I have his back. And he said, hey, I, I appreciate that, and I hope people understand that I did nothing knowingly to take advantage or gain advantage as I pitch because all I use is what everybody else does. Sun, suntan or sunscreen, the bag, the Relson bag, and the, the, the balls that get dirty. And that's about it, man. Well, that's uh, good to hear. And hopefully we get some answers on that uh, before or at some point during this series against the, uh, against the Diamondbacks as uh, that that'll be, I mean, we'll, we'll, we should find out something soon, I, I guess. I mean, we, we should uh, hear something hopefully at the beginning of the game today with, uh, with that. Yeah, no, no. And, and, and don't for, let's not forget that what was it like a month ago or so, uh, a bunch of baseballs that uh, Trevor Bauer used in a game Dodgers against Oakland were taken to the, uh, to a lab somewhere. And we are still waiting to see what happened with those baseballs. I mean, is this is this a case of MLB trying to make uh, uh, an example of a couple of guys to get everybody else like in, in such a a mode to not try and either knowingly or not knowingly use something that might help them pitch better, get a better grip. I don't know, but I think by doing a show, by making a show of, of these things, like, again, Bauer getting some baseballs taken away and, and Gio's hat taken away, I think by doing that, that type of demonstration, it's basically telling everybody else, look, we're not going to take, take any of this. Now, let's just say that they find something. Let's just say that, they, hey, you know what, there's a mixture of things, and he's going to get suspended. All right. You're gonna get. You're gonna suspend a guy for something that that that, that the environment and uh, yeah, the environment and his his his, his ritual of touching is that created. But then you have bigger issues, kind of like what 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 Schilte said. Bigger issues with players nowadays and players in the last few years. Some of them even winning the World Series that didn't get suspended. I mean, it's going to be very interesting when it comes back. 
from this because the players are not going to stay quiet. I, I guarantee you, if something comes back negative and, and something comes down on Geo, it's, it's going to create a bigger buzz than what it is right now. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, Polo. We'll uh, we'll see how that all plays out, and we will uh, we'll have more discussion on it next week with uh, with that. Polo, I, I appreciate. I, I look for you are uh, you're attending. Uh, how many of the games when the when the Cardinals are in LA for the Dodgers? How many will you be there for? All right, I'm gonna be there for two. The Monday the Monday night game is for me to go back. Let's just say back home. You know, like like the the bar cheers in Boston, right? Like like it, it's always nice to go to a place where everybody knows your name. But when I go to Dodger Stadium, a lot of people are still there working that I used to work with. And it, it's great, Joe. I mean, I, I really feel the love and, and the, the encouragement that those people gave me when at one time I thought, you know what, I'm just going to hang here and then see what happens. And now coming back as, as the voice of, of Cardenales uh, Radio, it, it's great, you know, to talk to my friends and, and my peeps and my peers and just to, to keep, keep growing as a, as a professional uh, broadcaster. And as a person, because sometimes we need that that humble pie, right? That, that that reminds you that at one point you thought your your dreams or the dreams that you never had were over, and all of a sudden something happens that you come back stronger than, than ever before. So on Monday I'm gonna be there, you know, talking to people, saying hi to my friends from 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 the LA media. Then on Tuesday, uh, my my daughter Bianca, my son Jacob, perhaps even my my wife and myself will come and, and cheer. Well, I know I'll be cheering on the Cardinals, and I know my son is going to be cheering on the Cardinals. I don't know about my wife and my daughter. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. You see, that's you know that's different. So I had this uh, I had this same uh, dilemma <laughs> last week or this past week when I was at the the White Sox Cardinal game. So I grew up, I grew up a White Sox fan, yeah. and now I'm a Cardinal yes, fan. You did, yes. And I but I still follow the White Sox. I follow them very closely. You though. And I know you grew up a Padres. I know you grew up going to Padres games. I know you've been employed by the Dodgers. You're now employed by the Cardinals. I feel like, Polo, you you have to wear the Cardinal red because that's who's giving you a paycheck every two weeks. Um, but, but with me, I wasn't tied one way or the other. So I wore my Frank Thomas jersey one day, and then I wore my powder blue jersey the other day. So I, I went one game uh, one way and one game the other way. And, and you know what? The last time I wore anything Dodger-related, it was the 2017 World Series against the Astros. That is the last time that I wore my jersey, or the most recent time, I'm going to say, that I wore my, my jersey and I wore my hat. I've been to a couple of Dodger games, some of them against the Cardinals, some of them against the Padres, even the World Series in 2018 against the Red Sox. I didn't wear anything Dodger-related because of what you said. And not only... Not only because I am employed or I work or I am part of the Cardinals organization, but because the love that I feel for that organization, for the players, the way the way the players have embraced me, and I mentioned this before, the way the players embraced me from day one, from 2016 when we started doing this, it's been great. The way the, a lot of people in the front office have embraced myself, it's it just it just that that is what makes you love something, and not so much that you're calling the games, right? Because I can call the games for any team, but if the player and the front office is nice, 
that, that they don't treat you like 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 you are part of this of this uh, of this organization. Then you do your job, you do it professionally, and then you go home and you wear the hat that you want to wear. But when when it's when it when the love you feel and the respect you feel is real, and like I told you, you know, like players like Yadier Molina, like Giovanni Gallegos, like Genesis Cabrera, Andrew Kisner, Tommy Edmond. I mean, when those guys. Even though we are not on the field with them right now, we are allowed now to be on the first few rows in the stadium. When those guys see you, even though you're wearing a mask, but you know it's kind of easy to recognize me with my big melon. When those guys see you and they wave at you and then they come to talk to you, you know there is something there. You know you are doing something right. And I think what, what we are doing is just creating a good environment, uh, creating a buzz, creating a new culture of Cardinals baseball where the Latinos through our Spanish broadcast are more involved, are more welcome into the stadium. And at least we feel more welcome because for years, the Cardinals were there, but there was no real connection to the Hispanic community. Nowadays, dude, I go to San Diego. I come to LA. I go, well, this weekend I'm not going to Arizona, but I've been to many stadiums wearing Cardinal gear and people recognize me, and I, I can I, seriously, it, it gives me goosebumps, the things they tell me. You know what I say? Hey, I grew up a Cardinals fan, but my dad didn't understand anything they were saying. But now I understand what Cardinals baseball is about because of you guys, because of what you do. My kids, even though they don't speak a lot of Spanish, they listen to the baseball game with me. So when, when that happens, when you are part of something bigger than just the game of baseball, you, I, me, Polo Asensio, feels legit love and appreciation for the St. Louis Cardinals organization. And for as long as I, I mean, I, right now, I don't see myself wearing any other. The future will, will, will tell. Obviously, as you know, things happen and some people move, move on in, in situations like that. But I have no reason to not represent the, the, the blues. I mean, not the blues, the, the birds, the birds on the bat. On, on my chest and, and, and the red hat with the SDL on my head. Yes. Polo, awesome stuff as always, man. I always appreciate the time. And uh, hey, when uh, next, at some point, at some point in the next month or so, Polo, I will be, uh, I will start coming back to Bush Stadium as a member of the media. You and I can see each other. We've both been vaccinated. We can we can hug, we can fist bump, whatever you want to do. And uh, but you might confuse me. You might confuse me with John Gant. Um, just just know that I, that's me. That's coming up to you. Okay. All right. <laughs> just just I don't know. Just say say Munganas. Say say Munganas, <laughs> and I know it's you, Joe. Just just just. All you have to do is say, "Hey, Munganas." I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's Joe. That's Joe." Yeah. As you'll 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 be able to tell the difference uh, that way. All right, Polo. Hey, have a, a fun time at the games next week. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Joe. There he is. That's Polo Asensio from the Cardinal Spanish Broadcasting Team. He and Benji each add every home game. I, really, even even if you aren't uh, you haven't taken Spanish class since high school or at all, uh, it's worth just the energy they bring to a game. It's a completely different listen, and it's a lot of fun to tune into, whether you have the MLB app or on 880 
a.m. Uh, wherever it is you uh, you can listen to your Cardinal games. Hey, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and by Collinsville Auto Body. You uh, can uh, find Collinsville Auto Body at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. They will take care of your car, whether it's a ding, a dent, a bullet hole, a deer, whatever it might be. The Collinsville Auto Body team will get you back on the road fast, and they will help you with, with that rental car, whatever it is that you need in the meantime. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find them. I've known them for 20 years, seems like even longer than that. Great people there at Collinsville Auto Body. Take a break. When we come back, crack slipper time as Andy and I head to Flavortown. It's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClabesOnline.com. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. And their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. You'll always know the fees up front and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344 or find them online at inskiplaw.com. Back here, final segment of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. As uh, schools are getting out, summer road trips are starting. Hit up Munganass Alton Toyota and see what kind of car they can put you in to rent for your summer road trip. Uh, got a few already in the uh, in the works. Uh, road trips, Munganass road trips here for uh, for my summer, and I will be taking a Toyota car out to those. Andy just got back from my uh, my Munganath road trip up to Chicago, going on a, well, I, I, even though I'm flying, I'm still calling it a Munganath road trip out to Denver next week, uh, flying out next Thursday. So possibility of an early weekend Joe coming uh, coming your way next week. It might be just midweek Joe uh, next week that we, uh, uh, that, that, that we end up giving you. So uh, be on the lookout for that um so yeah munganass alton toyota munganass st louis acura andy we uh we only got one crack slipper today but it's a good one if you will joe some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news we picked those stories up here on weekend joe these are the crack slippers with joe roderick on claimsonline.com by the way i uh, do want to make mention even though we're, we're reaching uh, i mean what june after june we're halfway through the uh, the year uh matt grover and i have been working diligently on grover's corner for Ooh. the uh, yeah for the 2021 year, um, as as I texted him, I think we had three that we texted back and forth about the other day, and he said it's weird. He goes, my kids every time you text me and I say, oh, it's a text from Joe, they go, who died? That is <laughs> that is the relationship that Grover and I have built. And he said every now and then I surprise him with a new flavor of Oreos, which is. So 
very accurate. Do you do you guys talk? Do you come up with a with a witty pun about the person who died? We do not. We just send it back and like I just we really just take screenshots. We will see either a news article or a tweet about somebody dying, and we send it to the other person. And that way, come December, Grove can just scroll through all of his tweets from the past year, and we have a good list to go off of. There you go. Yeah. For Gro- for Grover's coroner. Yeah. Big, uh, big segment coming your way in uh, seven months. Uh, Hey, Andy, um, friend of yours and mine, Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah. He's not going anywhere. He has signed a three-year extension with the Food Network. Andy, three years, $80 million. That's how much Flavortown is worth. That's a lot of money. I saw that, and and, and I believe it. I mean, I you you'd have to say that he is probably their most successful quote unquote personality. I, mean, I was going to say anchor, but like quote unquote personality on that on that station. That is nearly thirty million dollars a year to do diners, drive-ins, and dives, and guys' grocery games. That's crazy. It is. I mean, everything else he does. I guess you when you see Guy Fieri, you think, okay, hey, that's Food Network. That's 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 Food Network. I mean, you know, yeah. that's what it is. So I don't know where else he could have gone. I mean, I feel like Barstool probably could have made a nice run at him. Not for 80 million. I can't imagine for 80 million. Yeah. You know, the what like Discovery Network or something like. A, well, so that's all part of Discovery. Is it? Like, yeah. What about like all, a, all those. Like all those stations. What is true, true? True TV is Turner, but it's Turner. It's a TNT. Okay, so is Turner under Food Network or no? Okay, different, different brand of networks. I could have seen something like that. Like if you would, like, if you would have combined some Guy Fieri shows with what the Impractical Jokers do, what the Tenderloins do, with some of their stuff, like be a strong that, play. That would have been. I mean, that could have been a really nice combo of just the only thing that channel ever shows ever. Joe, we met Joe. We met Guy Fieri. Uh, we have, and you know what? And I've had two opportunities to meet him since then, but I have, I've been respectful enough of him that I didn't want to bother him again. I got my one picture. Yeah. I met him. I'm set. I'm, I'm set. good. You, you, you know, you know, who's uh, really coming up is his son, Hunter. What does he do? He cooks too. Okay. He cooks with his dad and he's almost on every, so like when they were doing like stuff at home, he was prevalent in every single episode. Does he look like his dad? No. Does he look like the version of his dad if you gave him a mustache and a regular haircut that was floating around the internet a few years ago? Probably. The one that kind of looks like Larry. Yes. (laughs) I'm looking up (laughs) up Hunter Fieri right now. He doesn't look anything like that one guy. He looks like a very normal young man. Yes, he does. I, I feel gotta, like I feel like we've met Hunter or Hunter was around when we were uh Hunter we was met. standing right there. I was like, hey, you're Hunter. He goes, I am. No one knew who Hunter was back then. I did. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I watch a lot, I watch a lot of food network chat. <laughs> well, yeah, $80 million for three years of being on the food network to drive around. You know who go, else I met? Oh. Do you do you do you watch guys' grocery games? I do not know. So one of his chefs is Chef Aaron May. Oh no! Yeah, we've met, yeah, yeah. You were. Yeah. I mean, you were on him a few years. I mean, when we met him in Minneapolis, yeah, you were all about it back then. Like you yeah. knew how big of a deal he was back then. Yeah, huge deal, huge, huge deal. I so. feel like I, you know, with the beard and the ponytail and everything, I feel like that's a look I could go for. I, I'm much closer to an Aaron May than I am a uh, Guy Fieri looking uh, guy. Except for Aaron May's about my size. 
I, you know what? I would, I would need to probably put on a few LBs. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a couple hundred. Yeah. You know what though? Hey, that's the sign of a good chef, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I make good food with lots of butter and oil. Yeah. <laughs> and I eat the hell out of it because it's that delicious. So right. Yeah. Andy, you golfing anywhere this weekend? You doing anything Memorial I, Day? I am. I'm playing on Saturday at Gateway and Sunday at the Rock. When I know you, you texted me and I apologize for waiting until the end to bring it up, but you texted me uh, this week telling me about your foot and that there's no boot for it. But how is uh, what tell uh, tell listeners the updates and how are how are you feeling? It's a pretty, it's, it's a, uh, what do you call it? A moderate sprain. Um, it, it feels good. Um, I've just been keeping it wrapped up a lot, a lot more than I had before. Um, he gave me a, 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 a brace to wear that, to keep it from moving from, uh, move it like that, move it laterally, but I can still like move it back and forth like that. So it's been feeling pretty good. It's a little, little sore today, but uh, we're getting there. I'm, it's just been, I haven't played golf and I didn't play golf at all this past weekend, I don't think. And uh, so I've just been trying to stay off it and, and, and let it heal a little bit. So we're, uh, we're getting there. It'll get better soon. Yeah. And yeah, you, you just be smart on the golf course. Maybe not, uh, maybe not drive it every time and just have a, have a good time and don't worry too much about your score. And yeah. You I'm be, not too worried about it. Yeah. I was going to say, you should be uh, good to go with that. Andy, have a great Memorial day weekend. We will talk you to too, you Joe. next week here on weekend Joe driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota right here on ClaybesOnline.com. See ya. St. Louis Acura has the best inventory in the Midwest, like the all-new 2022 Acura MDX. It earned the highest safety award from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Get 1.9% financing for up to 60 months and $1,000 in loyalty conquest offers. Or get 0% financing on the redesigned 2021 TLX for up to 36 months and $2,500 in loyalty conquest offers. St. Louis Acura, becoming better than ever for you.